You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, is that a quick Google? Just gotta remember who I am? <laughs> yep. I, cer- I certainly didn't just knock over my water bottle. That was me Googling your name. It sounded like rapid keystrokes to be like, who is Ben Chapman? <laughs> and, and fun story, if I haven't mentioned it before, listeners, if you do Google who is Ben Chapman, you'll discover that I am either the person who played the creature from the Black Lagoon or the coach of the Yankees that wouldn't let Jackie Robinson play. Oh. Uh, so one monster or another. Uh, yeah. A fun... What's really enjoyable is that the second entry, I believe, uh, in my Google search results is a cutoff name of an article that just says, whatever happened to Ben Chapman, comma, the racist. (laughs) And, like, I think the rest is, like, coach, like, yada, yada, yada. But no, no, it just looks like every job search of every every job I had to background check was like, oh, no. Oh, okay. (laughs) Oh, Oh, phew, it's not that one. Oh, he's a monster! Okay, no, not that one either. Uh, not the creature for the book. If you Google me, uh, you come up with uh, the guy who is on, like, American Idol and is, like, an actor from, like, One Life to Live. Oh! Uh, he's What's weird is he's from Ohio, too. Oh, that's, that's even worse. Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's really upsetting. Well, you know, it's it's important to, to have a connection to your family and culture. I say this because I just watched Blue Beetle, and they informed me of that. It's also important, Pogues, to have a standard, a moral code that you abide by. Like, I don't kill. And that is something that... Sorry, hold on. What's the death count of this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. How many bodies? <laughs> it's one of those movies where he's like, we don't kill, but then every fight scene, you're like, well, that guy's dead, or at the very least paralyzed from the neck down yeah which feels worse in a way than just killing him it's sort of the cognitive dissonance that you get when you play like the spider-man games and you're like uh i'm spider-man i don't kill people cut to me like knocking seven people off a skyscraper yeah like like just because i didn't actively shoot them right there and then doesn't mean i didn't kill them and more importantly blue beetle if you hit a guy with a hammer in the chest I mean, you probably collapsed a lung, at yeah, least. Yeah, that's... Bulletproof vests don't really do anything for kinetic impacts. And your family, your family, well, they killed a lot of people. But we will I did like that. that his family did not have the same moral compunction at all. Yeah, and there wasn't even, like, a commentary on it. It was just... It just happened. They were, like, excited to kill. Oh, but in case you haven't caught up, uh, we watched Blue Beetle... A 2023 release? Or was mm-hmm. last year? Yeah. No, I think it was this year. Uh, I did notice I was driving my wife to the train recently, and there's a gigantic mural that was painted uh, of of this rendition uh, of the, the the Jaime Reyes rendition of Blue Beetle on a, on the outside of a grocery store. <laughs> so, right. It was an ad? Or, like, somebody just no. did it? I mean, sometimes... Sometimes places commission graffiti artists to do it, to do that kind of thing, to make it look cool. Uh, but in this case, in this, in this case, it was I think genuine because this would be hard to market this from like the side of a grocery store. It depends on what you know neighborhood it was in. <laughs> um, but folks, uh, this we talked about this a little in the mini episode. This is an interesting movie because. 
it comes at a weird time for the DCEU. Um, it, it reminds me of like watching Black when Adam. DCU's done. Yeah, it, it reminds me of watching Black Adam, where I'm like, is any of this gonna be canon? Like, is any of this gonna gonna carry through? And we do know now that James Gunn says he wants to use Blue Beetle, this iteration of Blue Beetle, like in his movies at some point. Oh, that's um, good because I, I thought this guy he was pretty decent. Jolo's Jolo is is a lot of fun, yeah. And I think and he... I've not heard him, you know, turn out to be like a racist or a <laughs> child molester or he hasn't hit a spouse. So I, right now he's he's living yeah. large in the. It, his only real negative trait is that he likes Magic the Gathering, which is a deeply you know uh, just troubling thing. Um, but you know, I have to admit, going into this, I don't know the Blue Beetle that well. I'm going to say this. I thought the Blue Beetle was a bad guy. <laughs> That's how little I know I, about the Blue Beetle. I found it fascinating. When we started this movie up, I like had my phone up and I was kind of like reading up on like some OG Blue Beetle like origin story. Um, and like also kind of bringing up stuff on the movie. And I just saw like people in the comments section of like a trailer for this being like, oh, I love all the references to, to Ted Cord in this. And I'm like, huh? Like, and then I, it, it took me a while to realize, oh, there's a, it's very common in DC, more so I think than Marvel. There's like a, a lot of helms, hel, helm passing, like you know, like uh, yeah, I think a lot of heroes. Yeah, like this have... felt very much like Ant Man, you know, where there was like <laughs> Hank Pine. Hank Pine was the first Ant Man, and then there's, you know, Scott Lang does it later. But also confusing, and help me work this out because, I mean, we we obviously get the full story here. If Jaime is like possessed with this alien technology that like we blends need to with just his body. Pause for a second. Every time a white person pronounced this guy's name, didn't it sound like they were saying Heinen? Which is uh, not what you want your main character. Except for the name. except for the part that confused me, which is when she when he introduced himself to a receptionist as Jaime and she said, "Okay, Jamie." And I'm like, "Seems like a pretty big step." <laughs> like he said it. It wasn't written down. Like Yes. <laughs> If it was written down, I, found I get that it. really confusing too because I was like, "Well, he just said what he just is. said it." Like you don't have it written down. That's the whole bit. Um, but no, yeah, uh, <laughs> there's definitely some mispronunciation, and it's a wonder if some of that's intentional or not. Um, because this is uh, this is uh, uh, takes place um, in in Palmera City, which was invented more or less uh, recently in the comic book world for this movie. I think. Oh. Um, that would because, make sense because when they showed like the sign coming in, I was like, "Well, I don't know a lot about DC, but I don't remember that." So in the run up to in the run up to Blue Beetle movie, I read they they introduced a lot of like these places and kind of like a, 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 and and uh, and people to sort of like run up this storyline so that there's some background to it. So like Susan Sarandon's character was introduced for the first time, and I don't know if it's in the last year or so. I think they came out, but prior to this, he's located in El Paso, Blue Beetle, famously. Um, oh. especially the Ted Cord version, um, which is sort of what's inspired sort of a here, weird, but weird place to pick. <clears throat> yeah. Palmyra city is, you know, it's really, it's really confusing. Um, uh, when I, when I had to dig around for a while, trying to figure this out, but yeah, Palmyra city is invented mostly for the movie and it's clearly based on Miami. Uh, yeah. That's why when you said El Paso, I was like, what? They were clearly the, supposed to be in the like, DC Miami universe. Or... I find often very confusing because like most of the heroes reside in uh made up like mirrored like sort of inspired by versions of american cities, of real right? cities yes metropolis gotham uh what is the coastal one for uh in california for green lantern 
Co- is it just Coast City, I think? It might be. And then there's um, this one Flash is from. They oh, say yeah. it in the movie. I can't, in, in this movie, actually. I can't remember what it is, though. Cent- Cent- Center City or Central City or something? It has a really, like, they're very generic names. I mean, Metropolis is like naming your city, city, city. You know what I mean? <laughs> the word Metropolis means large city. Yeah, sorry. The, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Metropolis, uh, Central City. Yeah, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a Star City. Uh, there's a, yes. there's a, there's a, a whole variety, but then just sometimes they're just from El Paso. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is weird that DC is like sometimes like yeah they're from real cities. It's like well then why did you make up so many fake ones? <laughs> it, it it is it is a weird choice. Yeah, Star City is home of the Green Arrow. Um, yeah, I find it funny too because like you know there's Metropolis, Gotham, all these different cities and then you get to Marvel and they're like I don't know everybody's just in New York and they're like why and they're like well cuz like it's the only city everyone knows it, it's it's the best city city we got yeah and there's... I mean, but it's like you know I mean like if you're in Europe you know what New York City <laughs> and I mean there's yeah. there's not like a lot of people in the world who are like what's New York City and like I mean just his like like just conceptually and culturally like cities changed as you go from like east coast to west coast with the sort of the, yeah. the sequency of their creations cuz like like LA is is nothing like you know uh oh, Boston yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's 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 extremely different and like the older cities have like the more like a lot of the more character that they can adapt Yeah and yeah I well, and I mean also like if you were going to set your you know if you're writing a comic in the 60s and 70s and you're like where would be a place you need superheroes downtown new york would probably be it <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> there's a reason daredevil was around in hell's kitchen which had like the highest crime rate of any city in the world i think at one point yeah especially since a lot of these comics originate or at least have their a lot of their deep roots in like the 70s uh, late yeah. 60s and 70s where, when, where like new york, was, new york was, it was a hellscape nowadays new york is is epcot but 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 uh yeah yeah, by yeah, comparison. yeah. ever since like yeah giuliani before he became batshit insane cleaned up Times square and new york became sort of a nice to, it's sort of like funny because you know like gotham is based on like gangland chicago when, yeah, like, but if people but, were but, just driving down the road shooting each other, and now it's like you go to Chicago, and that sort of still happens, but you got that beam. Yeah, we got that beam. <laughs> but also, I mean, Chicago, and I'm sure New York is like this too. Chicago has the same effect with like Times Square, where like if you go downtown Chicago, yeah, yeah. that's just tourists taking Instagram photos. You know, if you if you head to uh, a, 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 a different neighborhood, you might end up in a very different situation, but. It's you like know. when you go to France and you go to uh, and you go to the Eiffel Tower. That's not France. That's just like a tourist attraction <laughs> yeah, in a it's, city. It's Epcot. It's a pair. It's sort of like I imagine like people who live in Chicago aren't like let's go see the Bean, or let's go to Navy <laughs> Pier. You know what I mean? I just we feel don't, like if you live there, you're like fuck this. We don't hang out in those places. You're correct. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just and, one of those things. Where, like, and here's I the imagine... spoiler: we don't eat deep dish pizza really until people are in town. It's just a, yeah. it's just a bit. <laughs> It's it's like skyline here. Nobody likes it until they move away. I do. And all of a sudden, people I, I are miss like, it. "Ooh, give me the worst noodles ever made and some vomit." Oh, please, I miss it. Um, but we'll stick. We'll stick with Blue Beetle. For oh now. yeah, were we talking about a movie instead of doing our city podcast? Yeah, because there's something that happens before we get to Palmero that I have to ask questions about. Uh, are you ready, Pose? Yeah. It's time for questions about the orb. All right, run it. There's so many questions. <laughs> just, about that. All right, folks, just go ahead and drop in the intro music for the new the new segment. It's, all right, <laughs> questions <laughs> about the orb. <laughs> Time for questions about the orb. Orb. Um. But <laughs> well, 
Question one, why? <laughs> Question one, why do they act like they had to find it when it appears to be a 70 foot tall ore? Like, yeah, I feel yeah. like that would be so easy to see using it Google doesn't. Earth. It doesn't appear to be buried. No, uh, it just so seems to be sitting on an island. It should have been spotted pretty... It's in a big, big, lush valley. <laughs> it's it's like... It would be like as if someone went to Chicago and was like, Hey, yeah. I found this bead. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's huge. It's so big. So, question two. Uh, what for? The orb appears to be a giant... A filled concrete sphere that has a scarab in it, approximately the size of, like, my fist? A mouse? Yeah, like a mouse that you use for your keyboard? I Uh, mean... Here's the thing that I thought was crazy. When the movie started, they're at this site, and he's like, this could be a decoy like the other ones. And I was like, boy, that's weird. So they dropped... There are other orbs? (laughs) Yeah, they just dropped gigantic concrete orbs all over, and I was like, they'll explain this later. But in my mind, I was like, well, clearly, the object inside is, like, either, you know, like religious you know i mean like it has some sort of innate power that makes it turn somebody into the blue beetle i saw the trailer so like my thought was like oh it's either alien or you know it's like tied to like you know how like comic books are like randomly like egyptian gods were real you know what i mean like (laughs) just that sort of thing so that's what i was expecting but then later we find out that the girl's dad had it which means he built several gigantic um, I'm having a real. The world. I'm having a really hard time with this one. It's it's. <laughs> it made the like when when she said he could never get it unlocked. I was like, wait, he made the fucking orbs. <laughs> like he buried was... orbs across the across the globe. And apparently, all he had to do was just hide it in the basement of his house because no one, had no one, no one had found that. I like she said nobody's been here since my uh, since I was like eight. But it appears somebody was coming there and vacuuming because nothing's yeah. dusty, nothing's covered up with anything. Everything still works. Uh, everything. It was definitely like everything was 1970s, which I thought was I mean, weird because that girl was like 22. <laughs> he <laughs> has a full underground base. Oh f- yeah. So so why he would bury it in an orb in Siberia, and, and, and nonetheless a giant one, increasing the chances that it's found. Yeah, it just re- feels like if you wanted to hide it, put it in like a block of concrete and go out into the ocean and just drop it in the ocean. No yeah. one ever find it. The ocean's really big, and we and we haven't mapped it. And if you <laughs> if you had a ton of money, like a, a lady cord here, I don't remember her first name. If you had a, a ton of money, like the cord family does, like I don't even think that you'd even succeed at combing the oceans. You no, know, because if you dropped it in the really deep part, I don't, even if you found it, you can't do I'm it. I'm just, I'm just confused. I mean, you've got all this tech, I, but but the concrete orb really does imply that like it, they, they call it like a dig site. Like it really implies yeah, yeah, that, like, that yeah, like, like, that's working. where that's where it was. So is it is it is it that it was found? When the old Blue Beetle was active, and then he took it for a while, and then it... And then it hit it, is what they imply, is, is that he's the, like, because well, he owned it, and she I don't get it. it. So that means he hit it, and this was the way he came up to but hide it. also, did the old Blue Beetle, like, he didn't use it, right? Like He, he just, couldn't get it to activate. He couldn't get it to activate. It, so, it would, or it wouldn't choose, it didn't choose him. So hence Which why also he, seemed weird, because he seemed like a decent person. Yeah. So it, it seemed it, odd it, that it, like, would just pick some random teenager, but not a guy who was trying to fight crime. Right. And so he was gadget-centric, which is more what and I this, think people think of when they think of Blue Beetle. But then this was also something that I thought was weird, was, like, the idea that 
there was a blue beetle, but no one seems to like like there's like an offhanded reference to like, yeah, the blue beetle, we all know about him. It's like you guys didn't think that was weird when you saw like a blue beetle and he came out and he had like beetle legs and, like you know I mean? it was just sort of weird where i was like i don't really understand like this guy was like in the 40s because this girl keeps talking about her dad being alive when she was a child and she cannot be older than 30 like and that's yeah. that's being like it's con- i mean the the actress i can't even imagine is over 25 i didn't look it up but like so that means like like this guy was looking for this stuff in the 90s but like his house looks like it's from the 80s or the 70s they act as if the blue beetle is from the 50s but it's like no it had to be the early 2000s yeah the blue beetle like all all i can do for time placement was the blue beetle uh one of his gadgets uses a like nintendo power glove so so like yes which again too late he's in the 80s like, yeah it, it, the timeline is confusing where the blue beetle scarab comes from still makes no sense this conversation has only made it more confusing for me about how it originates um but we're also introduced uh to to susan sarandon's character miss evil cord and like i don't think i have like a tremendous discography in my head of of our filmography of susan sarandon's um movies and I know um, I'm yeah, typically I think, the I think I might I'm typically be the, that same boat. <laughs> and I know I'm typically the uh, the positive one, but Susan, <laughs> did uh, you? She was she wasn't even mailing this in. She was like pony expressing was, it in. Was this a real Susan Sarandon, or did like an AI just sort of generate one <laughs> into the movie? What's, what's more insane is uh, Susan Sarandon plays the therapist in Rick and Morty. Yes. Her first appearance, she literally, they literally recorded it over a regular phone. Like she called them and they just recorded her reading her lines. <laughs> it sounded better than her being on set and being a human being. She just seems like she was like, you'll pay me how much to be in this? All right. Yeah. And then just didn't her, really care. Her Victoria Court bummed me out because she's the central villain. There is sort of this big punchy guy that is uh, is partly the villain in this one, but um, no, like Victoria Court is supposed to carry the villain a- a- aspect, and I will say this movie's got some problems as well as some things that shown through, but the villain part of it was the worst. She's got nothing. She's got zero percent of an interesting plan. She's got zero percent of an interesting angle. Like, come on, guys, we do villains a lot nowadays with every like four of these fucking movies a year like you gotta come up with an angle man <laughs> it's gotta be an angle and her just being like i'm a tech ceo that wants to create an um a privatized army for unclear purposes i just don't get it yeah it was very stupid i know omac uh is from the blue beetle comics and stuff so that wasn't like it's out of nowhere but uh it just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold water and she is not interesting she doesn't you know when you watch any of the newer bond movies people mostly go there because they cast little weird freaks to play all the bond films yes. you know what i mean like yeah they're fascinated because they always pick the weirdest guy to be a Bond villain who's going to do some weird delivery and have some sort of weird scar <laughs> and just yeah. and, dre- and dress kind of weird <laughs> and you love blood. it you love an eccentric villain chewing the scenery. That 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 can make up for lack of villain characterization. It's just someone who's doing some Nick Cage scene chewing, you know. And is there an opposite word for scene chewing? <laughs> Susan Sarandon in most scenes quickly became as exciting as like 
the curtains on the window behind her in the shot. Like, I mean, she could not be there. And that really flattened this entire experience for me. It was, yeah. it was deeply disappointing. There's, there's like, some things in this movie that are, are decent and good and fun. But there's just a lot of, like, in this movie is... 25 to 35 minutes too long <laughs> yeah like if they just trimmed it down like it, it's very boring I, I hate to say it. like there's just so many like dead end scenes that go on way too long and like don't really serve a purpose like his whole like i don't know how the suit works it's gonna fly me up into space all of that was pointless it never paid off he didn't know how to use the suit afterwards so like it didn't need to happen at all like if they, if they cut out him flying around and cutting a bus in half, and he, he the suit gets on him and he's on the roof, and then it just turns off and he falls down, the movie's completely the same, and you save six minutes of like not good scenes because they're not cleverly written. I mean, and that's the other thing is like the writing in this is not great in a lot of places. Like they introduce his uncle, Uncle Rudy, yep, who's played by Carlos Carlo or. Not Carlos Lopez. Yeah, Carlos Lopez, right? Uh, George Lopez. George Lopez. I knew I was saying it wrong. Uh, George Lopez, who's fine, but he's introduced at first as like an insane conspiracy freak who thinks like the government put a bug in a helium balloon they bought at the airport, yeah. which didn't doesn't make sense. sense. No. Uh, people... And then his like obsession with the police state and being surveilled never comes up again. It's like they just put it in that scene and was like, that'll that'll make him seem weird. And then that and then it turns out he's like a genius inventor. But they never really explain that either. Like, so much stuff is in this movie where you're like, what does this have to do? It's like, you've just introduced, like, at one point, like, we need to break into this place. He's like, I've been working on something that would let us. Why would he be working on that? Like, what, what would be the per? You know what I mean? Like, in the context of the universe of this movie, why was he building a device that would let him hack into Cord's security network and show them some weird, claim like, Mexican claymation show? You know what I mean? Like, what what was the goal? Like, what was he planning on doing with this? Yeah. And they never explain. And that's, like, sort of, like... And then, at one point, they find, like, the Blue Beetle's old hideout. And he has, like, a Blue Beetle machine that looks like the flying owl from... Yeah. Watchmen. It does look a lot like that, doesn't it? Uh, and he just knows how to fly it and what buttons do what. And it was like, what, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's just no explanation for things. And, like, a lot of times, things just seem to happen. But, like, there's parts of the movie that are actually not terrible, which is why I'm like, if they could have just cut, uh, like, huge chunks of this movie out and, like, really trimmed it down, it would have been a better movie. No, yeah, I mean, I have I have little argument with, with some of your points here. Um, uh, we, we, you know, reading reviews of this movie, uh, a lot of people really liked the family. And I, I do admit that, there is a version of this movie that is like just Jolo uh, uh, or like a similar character who's just going through all of the cliche superhero stuff. Whoa, my powers. Uh, hey, guy, uh, I don't think I want to fight you right now. Whoa. You know, all these yeah. like boring, like cliche scenes that we've seen a thousand times. The fact that his like teasing sister is there and his crazy uncle and his mom and dad that are like, you know, overbearing. Like, that does give me more. Because the one thing I thought was, like, huh moment for me is every single, every single superhero movie that involves a teenager, they get their powers, and then it's like, I can't let anyone find out. I found it kind of fun 
that his powers exploded <laughs> in the middle of his living well, room I, with the whole family there. And I they were all like in that, on it right away. You know what I mean? I also like that he's like a teenager whose parents, like, he, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you really think about it, like, Aunt May never thinks it's weird that Peter's gone, like, 90% of the day yeah and like he's just like i was at the library and she's like in real life you would be like oh my god he's on drugs or you know what i mean like you would never just assume he was literally like you wouldn't assume he was spider-man but you would assume something was seriously wrong oh for sure I liked yeah it, like and, and i like the that they did like the closest of the family and you can tell that like they were very much trying to uh like really drawing on like latino families and you know like the closeness of them and them all being the, you know the grandparents living with them his brother lives with all that stuff is very fun and they're like a very loving family which i thought was really like interesting like you said and it was funny but then it just got weirder as it went along where like it turned out her grandma like fought with like che Guevara or something <laughs> like they never exactly under explained it but i was like either like during her revolutionary days and i was like for what like what, what do you mean a revolutionary days? Yeah. That, and they never explained it. That was... It's just played for a bit. I'm like, boy, what a weird choice. That was particularly wild. But, I mean, like, if you go through reviews, that's, like, what you're describing is, like, what people really, like, took away from the movie as having enjoyed. And, I, and, and I'm glad that, you know, again, yeah. a lot of this stuff is, is super cliche. And so and I'm glad that it's it rang true for a group of people who don't really get to lead movies yeah yeah uh i'm just and, sorry the rest of the movie wasn't very good i, I read some great stories of people that were really excited uh about um rogue one in star wars because there was like like the main guy was sort of a, like a a latin like hero uh uh you know uh that, that yeah. kind of stuff that kind of stuff rings true always happy to see it and like it felt it felt authentic to at least to to my understanding and and it and it, and it was enjoyable um <laughs> To your point uh, uh, about mid uh, midway through the the first act, uh, I watched this with my wife, and I asked her before I came down if there was anything she wanted to pass along, is that she found the scene where they discovered the scarab uh, and uh, uh, had her deeply uh, 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 anxious because they're just like again, this is a world where superheroes exist. We all know about them. <laughs> There's all kinds of shit going around. You know what I mean? And this tech company, like, snuck an item out that's, like, glistening with, like, tech power, like, glyphs on it. And they're fucking whipping it around like a frisbee. It's yeah, like... I, I love, too, that, like, she's like, don't open it. And he's like, they're like, open it. <laughs> yeah, the dad's like, open it. <laughs> and they wild. pull it out. And not just like, oh, that's weird, and close it up. They're like, well, does it do something? Like, what a bizarre... Like, But I thought that was kind of funny that it was... Like, so much out if of the I, ordinary. If I saw it, I don't know. I wouldn't think, does it do something? I would just think it's like one of those um, Fabergé eggs. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's like it's like a like very fancy very glass sculpture. Like, I don't know why I would think it did something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You would just be like, oh, she stole this. And what is like pawn it. What is a lot of fun about that sequence, though, is that it, it feels like, unlike most superhero origin stuff, it, it resembled... Um, like a lot of horror movie stuff like it jumped on him like a face hugger you know and then yeah. it like took him up to the ceiling and it like it was like he was dangling there and it was like yeah yeah seemingly melting his skin <laughs> yeah it was starts, like burning up and stuff it was so much more like darker than 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 most superhero origin stories um uh, origin sequence like 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 power up sequences i guess 
uh, so it was really fascinating to watch. And like the whole family just absolutely melting down was uh, <laughs> was pretty delightful. What's unfortunate is I think a lot of like the movie's most surprising moments came in Act One, um, with like this kind of stuff with the family and the suit up. I mean, I know there's a bunch of action stuff, and I know the family gets involved, as we joked about in the beginning, uh, in the Act Three raid on the fortress. But this is where I think the movie was doing its best work. Yeah, I, I thought that like the beginning was the most charming part, and then once they got into the superhero stuff, I was like instantly was sort of like, oh, I don't really like this as much because like, I don't know the suit, I, I don't just the interactions with the suit and the like slow build up. Like I just feel too at this point in superhero movies the like hero who can't figure out his powers and then figures them out just in time is like it's just such the like paint by numbers of the film uh that you know i mean it's just like it's so pointless like it just feels like even if the scenes are very short they just feel drawn out because you're like well i know he's gonna figure it out like you're not giving me anything new which is, you know, kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, I, I think of, like, how much fun it was that we got... Think about, like, Iron Man, where we do get some sequences, particularly in the montage, of him, like, fucking up the, the suit and, like, having too much propulsion and not knowing the balance and, like, and like breaking his cars and, like, doing all that stuff. But when he finally gets suited up, I mean, he, like, takes out some insurgents in a tank, you know? We get to yeah. see him, like, be cool. And then the threat level escalates, right? Like, yes, you know, yeah. Which is, which I, which is, I agree. I think that's interesting because the run-up of, like, I don't know how to use these powers, especially when, like, the whole second act, he's just, like, cowering while his suit does something for him. That's not a particularly yeah. fun kind of angle. I mean, it's more fun in the third act when he's come alive and his family's doing stuff. But there's so much of him just being like, oh, no, a punch. And he, like, just, like, like like throws his hands up in front of his face and his suit just throws the person away or creates an yeah. energy shield or whatever. And I think there was an opportunity there, the trailer amped on, that the movie did not, which is that he's able to utilize the suit's like generative uh generative and energy powers in whatever form he wishes. Hence he makes a buster sword later on. Yes, which I thought around. which I thought was kind of like a kind of uh cute and funny like the idea that she's like a teen? Oh, you can make any weapon that you can imagine so for a teenager he's gonna be like well i'm gonna make video game stuff from yeah a, <laughs> for, for, from a video movie from a video game. A video game yeah and i thought like that was so much like you know we when we watch green lantern we talk about like how stupid it is that he can make whatever he wants and then he makes like the most random shit like a race like a gigantic hot wheels track at one point yeah yeah and so and it's I, just like this so but the idea that this guy would be like all right cool i'm gonna make what i think is the most badass weapon in the world, which is this fucking dumbass sword from yeah. Final Fantasy. From Final Fantasy. But the problem is, is that's the one and only creation. At no yeah, other point does never he really make use it again. Any, any other weapons or, or, or utilize his powers in like a Green Lantern-y creative way. Like all the powers are, are just random bursts of blue energy, uh, of mm -hmm. unknown power, a uh, power range. Yeah, and, at one point he creates like little like prisons, like you know, like they're like claws that yeah, stick he, in things. He used like four times. Like really, there's just a short list. It's that, it's that he has lots of energy wing shields. He 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 shoots the little like handcuff like 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 like, like uh, wall pinning things. And at one point he makes the cool sword and jumps around. If they had leaned on that a little more, it would be fun to see him 
create things to fit the scenario right that that's that's yeah what yeah. would be fun and if the if the movie pauses it like why not embrace that but they don't um i also thought that like in a way it might have been more interesting if i i thought that was like funny and you know kind of like i say cute but i also would have liked to have seen like i don't know if there is such a thing so maybe this is why they didn't do it but like if he had created like traditional like uh, mexican bladed weapon you know i mean i don't know if there is such a thing so i maybe you know oh, i mean but like yeah, yeah, yeah. something that like harkens back to his culture i thought that could have been kind of a cool thing to throw in um, but it was also sort of weird as like like you said he doesn't really have powers he has like energy powers but they don't really make any sense like at one point he has wings but they look like they're energy based but then the guy rips it off and i was like wait i thought they were just like energy you know i mean they cut through a bus earlier so i don't think they're like i couldn't figure out so i was like but they were just like an object you could rip off i i there was just stuff like that where i was very confused and they never really explained him the suit or anything that well you know what i mean yeah no that's really interesting i just was thinking about um like the variety of like interesting aztec kind of mayan you know um uh like like weapons from South America that could yeah. have been that could have been that could have been created. Fuck that'd be cool. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't do any like, of that. Yeah, and just sort of tie into something. Yeah, uh, because there's it, the whole thing is is somewhat confused. Like I said, like I don't know. And then we, we're introduced to the bad guy who I don't even know if he has an actual name or if they just call him Olmec. Does he have a name? He's so wildly underbaked. I mean, he's he's based on the oh Carapax. Carapax. He's based on Carapax like the Invincible, which is from from DC. Yeah. Um. Uh. He in the in, or sorry, Carapax the Indestructible Man. Pardon me. Um, no. In in I think he's got some of the Blue Beetles like uh like origin source power like to build his suit or something like that so it's kind of like it's kind of like an adaptation of it in a, in a, in a different way because he's well, like and this this felt like the end of this movie and most of the fight scenes just felt like uh knockoff iron man like i'm not trying to be like i'm not trying to be like oh they stole but like it's a dude in a power suit fighting a guy in a power suit there's really not a lot to you know what i mean like there's really not 20 different ways to tell that story so like a lot especially the end fight scene feels very much like the end of uh the first two iron man movies especially yeah, like at it, one point the one guy makes a whip and starts whipping him with it and i was like oh this is really dumb like nobody thought to be like was isn't that isn't that like the guy from iron man 2 and was yeah and what's frustrating about that is that in iron man it's obadiah right it's a character yes. that has this like well-established Shakespearean rivalry with Tony Stark um, and has been betraying him for some time. So it's like, there's a lot built up there. This is just like a guy who in the depth of who we later find out was like, his family was murdered. And he, Uh, and he, and 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 he's like, and he's a child soldier and he's completely aware that he like what has been betrayed by her i think that is the point is somehow they did something to him and he doesn't the process of being blue beetled like like into his own blue beetle version like yeah yeah like he basically becomes carapax she builds him a suit because he steps on a landmine after i couldn't i also couldn't understand why was she in guatemala i understand like we did some questionable things in guatemala but like 
was it supposed to be that she was there during that? And that, but I was like, but then that guy's not old. Enough. Like the timeline was very, very confusing to me of like when things were supposed to be happening. Cause the movie seems to be taking place now in like the two thousands, the mid, you know, 2020s, maybe 2010s. But like all of the past stuff seems like it should have been happening in the sixties, but nobody else is old enough for that to like all the characters that connect to that aren't old enough for that to make sense. Even Susan Sarandon, I don't think that. Well, yeah, I mean, she, you know, she would have been pretty young, I think, in the sixties. So it's just very confusing, and yeah. they don't really ever set the timetable right, which makes it even more confusing. And then, uh, like, yeah, it's very—he's like a child soldier that she appears to recruit. And I was like, why would she have uh, like a child soldier army? Because even if she was working for the U.S., wouldn't she, wouldn't she have like? had adult soldiers you know what i mean like they, they, no part of it made sense why he was like turned into a child soldier and there's a tremendous amount of confusion with like how how this motivates a- anybody you know I, I don't i don't really yeah. understand like her her diet and like that was the other thing is too i felt like when they referenced guatemala i was like i guess it's supposed to be but i was like boy they're really taking a chance that anybody in the audience would know like things that happened in South America, unless you're from, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure uh, Latino and, and, you know, South American people are well aware of what happened, but like, I think the average American watching no. this movie, especially now is going to be like, what's going on? What's, did something happen? You know I mean? Like, so I don't know if they were even trying to tie it to that or they just pick something arbitrary and then they never explain it. And then he remembers, and it's like, I mean, that whole thing is just set up so he can deliver that line when he's, like, dragging her away and says, like, you know, the line she keeps saying, sometimes a sacrifice has to be made for the greater good. But, like, other than that flashback and the fact she's kind of a bitch, they don't really ever explain why she's evil. I mean, she makes, like, weapons, which is, like, yeah, not great, but, like, not, you know what I mean? Like, she didn't feel evil enough, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, yeah, we, I, we we find out in Iron Man that uh, Jebediah Obadiah Obadiah, Obadiah is actually like Obadiah. funding these terrorists with Stark weapons that he's selling to them under the table illegally, so that he, like they can the Stark takes the money, and you find out that it's like oh he is actually a very bad person. Yeah, but like, also, not only is he an arms dealer, but he's like also logically an arms dealer bad. who's just selling everything. He's an arms dealer that is that is fomenting war because that's money right yes like and we follow that and he has sort of a um a salieri complex with with the starks you know like he he was behind howard i think wasn't he in iron man like he was with like working with howard yeah I yeah think. but but everybody thought of howard as like the genius yeah and, and then tony just shows up and just just takes takes the seat you know and, and takes everything away from him so there's like a very clear like like classical tragic like storyline that like that frames it in this one again <laughs> like the this the secondary uh character the woman uh uh the 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 young jenny cord i think her name is um she has 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 baggage right because her parents her dad was blue beetle and uh susan sarandon's character did something to betray him that remains again also wildly unclear that's also the other thing is i don't think she did i think she just was in the company and he 
was Blue Beetle. They never expressly say that, like, which I was waiting for, was for her to be like, I killed your dad, or I did something no, to your dad. because the mid-credits indicates that it, he's it, trapped somewhere. And it also is, the implication she gives is that, like, he was becoming, like, increasingly unstable, like, mentally, and then just disappeared one day and never came back. And it's like, oh, so did it sit, like, the only thing that we, we find out that she actually is, like, super evil, the, the Susan Sarandon, is that flashback. Before, it just seems like she's kind of a corrupt businesswoman. Until, like, she, I guess she Before that, it just sounds like she's, she's any tech CEO. Like, <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? at, the, at the start, her thing is, like, I want to build this, like, unit that would be, like, private security. And you're like, okay, I, I get why that would be not great. But at the same time, it's like, that's not, like, super evil. You know what I mean? Like, like you said, Obadiah was creating a terrorist war so that he could warmonger. Like, that's evil. She just appears to be like, I'm going to sell private security suits to people, which could become a problem, but I'm not necessarily evil in general. And then, like, all of a sudden she shows up and she's like, murder his family. And it's like, wait, what? Like, this is so absurd. Like, the jump, like, they just show up with, like, armed guards and they're just going to shoot them and, like, no one cares. I was like, so I don't understand. Do they run the government? Like, they, it's very confusing. And then I was like, are they even in the United States? Is palmero or whatever it was called is it like its own country or like a like a city state or something because it's it's all very confusing yeah and again uh, not to harp on it but i appreciate that like characters like obadiah have a clear purpose their plan is we sell weapons so we make war i i follow that you know um yes her, her plan is i'm already perhaps one of the most prominent tech ceos in the world my my tower is my company's tower, like, towers above the entire city. Um, and, and she appears to run the city with her own private police I, force. I, and, and earlier, I mean, I suppose he's a conspiracy theorist, so you take it with a grain of salt. But Rudy says that they have, the the cops are in the pocket of uh, of the corporation, of whatever they're called. And so, you know, it, it certainly seems like she's got it. And I know that every, you know, big, you know, uh, uh, evil villain just wants more I, I i understand but it doesn't seem to have a purpose like she doesn't want to like take back a part of the country or use the the uh omac to specifically take on of someone that's wronged her or, or yeah or or if she like set up if they set up at some point to be like oh she's gonna use the omac to conquer the world like, she's going to use this to build her own private army. She's just, like, lying to get, like, government funding and stuff. And she's going to use that money to create a privately funded, like, army that she's then going to use to take over the world or something. And then you're like, okay, I get that. But, yeah, it's very confusing why she wants to be more, e like, rich than she is and more powerful. Why she cares so much about the OMAC. Because it, it appears as, like, she's already... Yeah, and you know, I mean, like, like in Iron Man two, it makes sense that Hammer does a bunch of very questionable things, is because Tony Stark has ruined him. Like, he can't compete, so he goes and gets uh, at whatever Whiplash's real name is in that movie. Yeah, and has him try to build him Iron Man suits. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, okay, he's evil because he's trying to become as powerful as as Stark is. I get that. He's he's more stupid than he is anything. 
this seems like as if like Tony Stark was just like, I'm going to be my own bad guy because I'm already too rich. You know what I mean? It's just like the bad guy just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and, and then she has like zero depth. Like we, we don't. Oh yeah. She's basically just a mustache. We're not given some idea that she, that she was wronged or that she's lost something. Yeah, you know, her, her big thing is that I guess her her grandfather or her father was sexist and gave the company over to her brother instead of her, even though the dad knew his brother wasn't a warmonger. She's like kind of a pet. I, it just seemed like sort of a weird background for being a villain. You know what I mean? Because she still worked there, so it didn't really seem like it hurt her that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in a modern time, like being a CEO of the world's largest company that is apparently involved in healthcare and space technology and military technology like i think you got it all locked up like i don't think you need to physically conquer places anymore this isn't like this isn't like british colonies like you don't have to we're a digital age <laughs> you don't have to make flying yeah. robots and be like i take new york you know you can just you can you can just say hey i i I, I bought property in New York and now I'm paying off a bunch of politicians and now I kind of run the whole show. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't or, know. Or just do, yeah, just do I don't know what you mean. Country, every other company I, in this country does, which is just bribe politicians. I don't do know what, what you, you mean. Like, I, I don't understand like what her purpose is. Which and, and it's so insane to me that this movie showed us like a room full of those like tactically operational OMAC suits and like, there's never you would you would almost expect there to be like a scene like in Iron Man three where there's just like a bunch of suits, like a bunch of people are just yeah. wearing those things, and he's got to fight off like five or no, they get blown up. Yeah. <laughs> they get blown up right away by that guy. Right away, Takorov. Right away. Even though he's walking away from the building they're stored in, for some reason they still blow up. <laughs> they were like just, going the they're, opposite direction. They're filled with gasoline. It's a real, it's yeah. a real, it's a real design flaw. In the entire it's a ship. design flaw. They're made entirely of plastic. So we have to talk about, like, the third act, because that's where we get... Again, I thought this was surprising, and, and it definitely, like, piqued my interest, um, which was that the family gets directly involved. I didn't expect that, you know? Uh, they were fun, mm -hmm. They were funny in the first act, and they're, and they're, like, an emotionally supportive angle for the movie. But to have them stage a prison break was <laughs> not what I had in my bingo card for the movie. So I appreciate any time that I'm surprised. However, it is odd... Um, we mocked it in the opening, but, like, the movie spends one whole act discussing how you can't kill anyone because that would be wrong. And then they just kill everybody. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, his grandma kills, like, at least 12 people. Rudy... Minimum. Rudy turns the flying ship into a walking scarab and just steps on people. Just, just he impales steps on people. He starts laughing and says, I stepped on him. <laughs> While he's still impaled on it, and the whole family is clapping and hollering and cheering, and it's just like, "Hey, Jaime, I think you're good to just like cut loose, but." <laughs> well, it makes you sort of wonder to be like, "Where did he get his moral compass?" Yeah, <laughs> they seem, they seem so game to just go straight murder hobo. Yeah, um, and the rest of them get a few devices. Um, his sister gets the power glove that makes shield and a fist. And I thought would be other items, but but no, 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 just those two. They ran out of ideas. Ran out of CGI. Ran out of ideas. Um, as we established, I think through a couple of moments here, the the Nana picks up a a sparkly minigun. 
Um, she picks up what appears to be a Rubik's Cube minigun, in which it looks like it was built with a Rubik's Cube, and its bullets are multicolored when it fires for some reason. To be to be clear, almost all of the uh, Blue Beetles, like, working tech are just guns, right? Yeah, they appear to mostly be guns or uh, bombs that have remote controls. Yeah, it's mostly bombs and guns. You know, he's got a real Punisher, like, armory in here, despite the fact that I recall the Blue Beetle from my experience, at least the Ted Cord version, to be kind of wacky, you know, uh, a little bit, a little bit kooky. Like my 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 experience with the Blue Beetle is, I thought he was an entirely different person. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, but certainly not like a Punisher arsenal, just with like more colorful guns. Like it just seems. Yeah, I was when he, when they had the Gatling gun, I was like, wait, what? And at one point too, they're like, do all these work? And she's like, most of them, but then they all work. And then, <laughs> they're all and then they're like, "What about the gum?" She's like, "Oh, he made that for me." And it apparently, uh, when you take it out of your mouth and put it on a surface, it like creates a foam ball. What was he making that for her for? <laughs> like, I, I was like, "What would be, what would be the case, the end game use that he was building that for his daughter?" Also, super, super like James Bond Q vibes. In like, there's nothing, yes. there's nothing kind of stupider than when Q's like, "And here you go, James. This pen is secretly a scuba mask." And I was like, "Oh, that that will certainly be used." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He never gives him like you know like a pistol that can fire underwater, and then the entire movie takes place in a desert. And at the end, at the end of the, he's like, "Hey, Q, you can have this." water pistol back i didn't need it <laughs> i was going to the sahara why did you think i would need that i've gotten very old james <laughs> look i can't keep making bullshit and pretending like nobody i mean why would i build a car that can turn into a submarine <laughs> um but the third act I, I thought the the stepping on a guy was a bit a bit much and then like like Nana is gunning people down. Um, we I guess we don't officially see the sister kill anybody because it's just a big like cartoon fist. Yeah, but, but but again, it's one of those things where it's like I know superhero movie they all do this. It's like oh well they didn't die. I just punched them really hard. It's like yeah that kills people. That's literally how Houdini died. <laughs> like you can't just punch somebody like with the speed of a truck in their head and they live through that there are so many if they're wearing a helmet or not there are so many incidents where like somebody got mad at someone at a bar and they hit them and they fell over and hit the concrete and died like it's like yes yes it's like we're fragile creatures you can't i, mean, I think like like <laughs> you can't throw me through a concrete wall and it's like yeah but i didn't shoot you <laughs> professional football players wear like 800 pounds of pads and like still continually suffer at like, the start your ending concussions of the act three fight he turns his fists into essentially mace ends spiked yes, mace and then, ends and hits people he, into concrete <laughs> He, he at one point picks up he turns his one fist into a like four times the size thor hammer yeah and then a guy runs at him and he hits him with it in, in the chest head. he collapses no, yeah. the guy's chest yeah he, he crushes and him that guy's and he hits another guy in the head and the guy like spin flies through the air and hits a wall that man is dead and, and if guy... he lives he would wish yeah. that he more was more importantly dead. if he didn't die when you shattered his ankle and broke 12 ribs and deflated a lung if he didn't die instantly there's no oh, ambulance there's no ambulance coming to this island so awesome. he's dead man yeah I guess, I guess he gets out of the uh, moral ambiguity because technically Carapax kills them all when they're all laying there slowly bleeding to death. I also have to wonder, how could this company be profitable when they have what appear to be 400 soldiers just milling about a base as 
already on an island. <laughs> and they're like terrible at it. They don't see this thing cut. Like they're supposed to make this. Are there? Tech are there they don't have physical? Radar. Are there physical threats? To your company in Miami, or do you just need like an uh, you know a cybersecurity the team? Not even there. <laughs> the island's like in the middle of the Pacific o- or the Atlantic Ocean or somewhere. Like, wh- like who is risking your facility where you're making these OMAX? And I just don't understand. And who built like what appears to be like a 19th century like Spanish slave trading fortress or something? Like, what the fuck is the? T- and it's like a, a fortress, like fucking near the coast, thus making it a worthless fortress. Outback Steakhouse like makes one too many franchise location and goes whoops uh we're break her up so we fucked it up you know and this she's got this fucking operating alcatraz and she's like well, we're she a successful had, like company. a crew traveling around cutting gigantic concrete circles and like some like somewhere like a uh, jeff bezos just has like a secret james bond base staffed by 700 military members who apparently who will walk i would, I would doubt it though who would who, yeah who would come down a hallway, like, again, you're, imagine you're that guy, right? You take, like, a ferry in from, like, uh, El Palmero, whatever it is, right? Like, 8 o'clock in the morning, you got your... You, you fly f- in on that weird, like, purple helicopter yeah. blade that they had. You got a thermos of coffee, you're tired, you know, you're checking your fantasy league on your phone. And then you get in there, and you just patrol this old Spanish fortress, like, for, like, nine hours. And then, like, in as you're about to get cut and go home, a guy comes down the hallway with cyber wings and, like, a buster sword, like, glowing like a, like a fucking lightsaber. And you're like, yeah, time for me to go fist fight this guy. Yeah, I'd just be like, I'm going to hide somewhere and just pretend like I got I don't. I don't get paid enough. <laughs> like, again, she's not running, like... She's she hasn't like it's not a cult. She isn't like Hydra. Like she hasn't yeah. convinced these people that they're like a greater race and they're going to like take over the like they're just employees. Like why are they staying here? It's very because at one point I'm like like only one guy tries to run away. Like, why weren't they all trying to run away? When he, as soon as I saw you kill the first three people, I'd be like, fuck this. I'm like, dude, she crushed Dave. He crushed Dave's head with a Thor hammer. I'm leaving. I'm getting yeah. on the purple helicopter. And I'm going back to my one bedroom. <laughs> like, I don't or I'm just going to like run down the hall and go somewhere and then lay on the ground like dude, somebody else knocked me unconscious. I want to go get some Taco Bell and go home. This sucks. <laughs> it sucks here. <laughs> this man i don't even i i, I don't even get pto <laughs> yeah this is overtime for me i'm not even getting paid for it i wasn't even supposed to be here today i was just filling in for carl um <laughs> they told me when i was salary that i could leave early but i can never leave early why am i still here uh the ferry only comes at seven why did i think i'd be able to leave an island early <laughs> I'm going to talk to HR about this. This fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> this is I mean, not... I don't even get my 401k until I've been here a year. These work conditions are ridiculous. I'm wearing, like, helmets that make me look like I'm in Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, I was trying to look at my notes and, and try to remember, like, what else I wrote about the third act. But that's the problem. It's nothing. Because, again... Yeah. He does a Buster, buster Sword fight, which is, like, again, cool because it's creative. And then he fist punches Carmax Car- <laughs> repeatedly, times. and is gonna kill him. And then the ro- like the robot suit stops him. She's like, "I think we've learned a lesson." Yeah, here. I don't it's understand like, yeah, how the robot suit had like a character arc because I don't. I guess because they fused and 
he made well, it like, more I, empathetic. I'm guessing is like the solution. But I like I, I like that part of the arc is yeah he makes it more empathetic and then it learns Spanish. That was <laughs> yeah. that was the other part of the that, arc. That's is the that fusion. It unlocked. It, 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 it bought the Rosetta Stone. It was doing points. Duolingo while he was while he yeah. was rebooting. <laughs> but it was like Google Translate, so it's not. <laughs> it is very like the whole the problem is is like. I, I think this movie could have been like really much better if they had trimmed it down because it would have cut out a lot of the bloat that just makes you feel like like if a movie's only like an hour and 40 minutes when there's like things the plot skips over like explaining why the woman's evil or whatever you don't really care as much but like when a movie's it feels too long and then there's tons of unanswered questions. You're like, why was the movie so fucking long? Like, why didn't they edit out all this, like, stuff that didn't need to be in it? And then, like, put in things that I actually care about. So, like, that's, I, I think, and the movie is very, 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 like, innocuous. It's just such a, it's just, like, paint by numbers, uh, Spider-Man except for his family knows and then the rest of the movie is like an iron man knockoff uh and that's it and then like the other thing that's sort of weird too is like the, at the end the robot's like no we're not gonna kill him and it's like well thank god this guy had like a tragic backstory because if he had just been like a regular like insane soldier he would have just killed reyes there <laughs> you know what i mean like uh, you're taking a big chance that this guy has like a, <laughs> a sympathetic backstory. What if like they had, like she had read his memories and he was just a serial killer? Like, would she still let him go? It's something I want like, to do when you're like a like a DM in a game is just like suddenly have the character like <laughs> be weakened and your players like, come on guys, let's show me. Oh, he stabbed me! Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> oh god, why would he stab me? I was going to let you go. I thought we learned something. The scene in Tropic Thunder where he, he goes back for the kid and comes back oh, and yeah. stabbing him. I was wrong! Like, I was wrong! <laughs> Start the helicopter! Exactly. Um, so the third act, I mean, I will say the CGI is is strong. Um, there's a lot of it in this movie. The whole suit is pretty much CGI mm -hmm. and um, the villains are all CGI. Well, except for and... when he's in like the very questionable and very obvious rubber suit that makes it look like it's like an old Japanese <laughs> sort of like. But that kind of that kind of when he's like an Ultraman, looking like he's in an Ultraman suit. Yeah. It kind of it, it's kind of got the right vibe because that's the whole deal. I mean, we we did cover the Giver once. <laughs> yeah, it, it very it looks very Giver, extremely Giver, which was super fun because the because like OG Blue Beetle is very different. You know, he's like. Uh, He's got a more classic, like, you know, uh, mask and, and gadgety storyline. Does he wear uh, a trench coat at any point? <laughs> maybe the maybe the, the earliest, earliest iterations, but... Uh, I, I'm going to be honest, guys. I think that I've never heard of the Blue Beetle. <laughs> As this podcast is going on, I think there's a chance. I don't know who Blue Beetle is. But considering how dog shit, like, the Flash movie came out, you know, and, like, other other some of the other properties from DC had some rushed cgi in them it was nice for it to be like at no point did i sit for a moment and go "Ooh, that looks bad you know it just looked good the whole time and i didn't yeah think about yeah it. especially yeah in the age of like marvel's rust rush cgi <laughs> yeah, it yeah, yeah so bad secret invasion nightmares uh, uh yeah and like stuff that you know like those people uh, talk about bad work conditions <laughs> they, they, they get together with the cord to secret police <laughs> and bitch about their jobs <laughs> at a bar yeah there's definitely some fucking overlap there we, we had six months worth of special effects. They asked us to do it in three weeks. Okay, yeah. I don't know who the fuck Blue Beetle is. I'm, I'm done, guys. I don't know who Blue Beetle is. Um, 
this is a real gap in my superhero knowledge, but I have, I'm looking at pictures of him and I have no idea what he, who he is. Uh, other stuff from my notes that I want to, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if I uh, can pronounce the name correctly. El, 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 El Chapu, Chapulin, Colorado uh, is the name of that, uh, that TV show that he gets up on the, uh, on the, oh, yeah. the, 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 the that's a real show. That's a real show. I thought they just made <clears throat> no, it up for this. Season. That's a real show. It's it's a character from like uh like t- like 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 uh, a Spanish language television that is like a mockery of like sort of the superhero tropes. Like he's like a superhero parody, and he's in like a ridiculous costume, and he's totally inept and always falling down and shit. And uh, funny enough, I don't know if you noticed, he had like the antenna kind of like bee looking antenna on his head. Um. Uh, when they do the stop motion because it's like a live action thing that would have like stop motion segments here I'll drop a photo of the live action here uh, does that remind you of anything <laughs> I tell the tick uh, a little bit uh, 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 Simpsons creator um, admits that oh. he saw this show on, Me- on, on like, Me- like Mexican TV or something when he was like uh, abroad and it was based his character for like the bee guy from the Simpsons when they're on like the Spanish language. That's the inspiration for that character. Okay, yeah, I could. Now that you say it, yes. Yeah, you could see the character correlation <laughs> to, the, to uh the, to that reference. I thought that was that was a really fun because that's like real and and uh, it's what which is why I think another person who sees it in the guard room like yells the name out because it's like a oh from like when I was a kid like it's like the stupid show. Um, I thought that was funny. The other is like this was such a weird cut that I love that I saw and 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 caught because I mentioned it to Sarah and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" But extremely briefly, um, the Nana sits down to watch TV and she flips through a couple of channels and there's like a brief shot of a scarab looking like device that someone's holding before she cuts the next scene. Did you catch that? No. It's a very brief cut and I recognize it. It's from a movie called Chronos. Which is uh, Guillermo del Toro's first film that almost bankrupted yeah. him, and it stars Ron Perlman, famously a really young Ron yeah, Perlman. I've, I've seen Chronos. You've seen Chronos, yeah, because it, yeah. it has the whole concept with like the scarab is giving him quote unquote eternal life, but also making him a horrible monster. Like there's a there's a cut of Chronos on TV that she jumps past when she's flipping through. It's great. <laughs> I did not. I did not notice. What that a, what a perfect thing because it's Guillermo. He's I believe Guatemalan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it's it's the scarab giving people powers with with side effects. You know, it's just it's it's, it's just great. Uh, uh, it's it's a fantastic little reference they dropped in there. That's that's pretty amazing. I did not know that. Uh, <laughs> uh, third third note. Did you know there's a Green Lantern quote unquote cameo in this one? No. Uh, in the very beginning, uh, which is which is like pre they find the orb. There's sort of a sequence where we see like. Or maybe, like, right after we see it, we see, like, this, like, zoom in in, like, the device, and then we cut to, like, it flying through space while they do credits. Oh, I, I fast-forwarded. Okay. I, I won't watch credits anymore. As that, as that like, scarab is flying in, there's suddenly a flash of green light that, like, collides with it and knocks it off course, sending it oh. through, like, an asteroid and then, in, then to Earth where it ultimately crash lands. The implication is that, like, a Green Lantern, like, fended that off from, like, coming to his planet or or its planet or whatever. Um, and, and it ended up on Earth instead. So, just just a note. A very minor uh, uh, no-face-seen cameo. Uh, Odd that you would want to even remotely tie your movie to Green Lantern. 
Yeah. Well, I, I assume I see more, more, more like like plugging a future Green Lantern because I know I'm certainly just coming. saying it's been long enough. And speaking of faces cameos, we have an unnamed uh, performer playing Ted Cord in like the mid mid credit sequence. Oh, they they didn't. They've never announced who it was. No, they've not officially cast a Ted Cord Blue Beetle. Oh, so it's just some guy doing a voice. Yeah, and hoping that, and they like, didn't the show. They and they didn't show like they intentionally didn't show a face on screen, so they could cast whoever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Apparently, it's a guy named Bobby McGurth. And judging by his credits, yeah, I don't think he's going to be the guy they pick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just it's interesting. Just, there's certainly a plan, and I I, I wonder because Blue Beetle has the potential in like a James Gunniverse. Of being like a non-annoying Deadpool, you know, like like or more like a Spider-Man, uh, I guess would be a more accurate. Yeah, where, yeah, where yeah. He's I think like he could be. He's goofy, but he's not like he could overly he could be annoying. What they wanted the Flesh to be. Yeah, he's lighthearted. Uh, he, he, like a teenager who's he just like really excited yeah. about being a superhero and doing the right thing. And like his suit powers, like really like like better suit him because you know they allow him to be creative, and he's like young and impulsive, like that, that, that all that stuff totally tracks. I can see that working out, especially that, that I imagine a James Gunniverse would be will look like night and day compared to the bleakness of a Snyderverse. You know, James Gunn is well, notorious. Like, he keeps saying he wants to keep uh, you know the flesh around, so God only knows what, what... James. <laughs> there's something. That, there's two two last things I just want to bring up. Uh, this is the lowest grossing DC movie. Of is it time. really? Which I have to say this so undeserved. So this undeserved. Better than I would say ninety five percent of DC movies. I, I, I would rather watch this than the first Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, the Justice League, the Justice League Snyder Cut. Like, this is just a better all-around movie. It's not great, and, and I've said repeatedly, it's not great, but it's still better than those movies. So it's disappointing that it didn't gross very well. Uh, the other thing is, did you notice there was two separate uh, boner jokes? Yeah, hold on, separate? yeah, my wife brought that up. <laughs> Sarah brought that up. Because when he, like, was uncomfortable getting up in the tracksuit, I didn't pick up yes, on it right away. I thought, I, thought, I thought that was, like, I was like, all right, yeah, that's, uh, you know, okay, I'll let that one ride. You know, that he's, like, pushing it down as he stands up. I was like, all right, maybe some little kids won't get that. But then later the suit's, like, all your blood's rushing to your midsection. It's like, come on. Guys. That one was weird, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it for a number of reasons. One, because like they weren't doing anything sexy yet. Like he was just standing there talking to her, and I was like, "This dude's getting." I think a boner they were. Because she's I think they were ab- with him. about to kiss. So yeah, yeah, but you shouldn't get a boner that quick. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, that's crazy. Because that's gonna be hard for the rest of your life if if that's all it takes. I was pulling up box office like stuff. I was trying to see. I think shazam fury of the gods might have done worse well um, but shazam that that was released on max right yeah yeah fair enough so i don't think it got a full theatrical release. yeah it didn't get this didn't got it a full theatrical, theatrical release. release yeah so like i said undeserved undeserved it, it, for sure it's and i think that maybe now with if you know this was this was probably finished and completed before or too far along for james gunn maybe to come in and help oh yeah like yeah, rewrite. yeah i think if they had done like one rewrite and really just cut some stuff and rearrange some stuff i think there could have been a really strong movie here because there's tons of likable stuff 
even even like i even found myself liking uh george lopez's character even though i found him extremely annoying in the beginning but by the end i was like all right i i think they went like a little too heavy on constantly reminding everybody that they're hispanic because like at a certain point it's just like i i got it guys i understand you wanted to have like a and it's cool i'm all for it but i don't think hispanic people mention they're hispanic probably at all but definitely not every conversation these people like repeatedly were like well it's yeah it is it is tricky i don't think that's like it did it did feel like they brought in or at least consulted the actors on set to try and like make things authentic but yeah it it felt like the the author or the scriptwriter just couldn't stop like like finding ways to reference something um, yeah, it just felt like at like certain it, points, it's it a little saturated like in that. Too on the nose, just to be like, okay, guys, I, I, it's all right. We we understand, and it's great that you're proud of your culture. But I don't think any. I don't. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't spend that much time with uh, Latino families in their home setting. Maybe they do bring up their <laughs> their Latino a lot. You don't I spend don't too much time in home settings with Latino families that they are aware of. To be clear. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time frogging, hiding, <laughs> hiding in them walls. Uh, that's that's a good Tuesday night for me. But in fact, I watched this movie in a Hispanic family's crossroads. <laughs> Do you hear something? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Does it sound like somebody's watching Blue Beetle? <laughs> I mean, I hope this can be a launch pad for the DC to come back um, into into relevancy. There's there's an opening. Marvel's left you an opening. <laughs> oh yeah, so. I I did love if you saw that interview recently where Bob Iger was like, "I think we need to focus on quality over quantity." It's like, no shit, fuckhead. Like, sorry, what was your policy before? I think that's, yeah, I was like, I think that's the policy that all films should be based on: is don't just make crap and hope people pay a lot of money for it. Can you tell Star Wars, please? <laughs> yeah, um. yeah. <laughs> well, Bob Iger's in charge of that too. Oh so yeah, hopefully. right, Bob. <laughs> I think I think Bob's learned a lesson, which is boy, just throwing shit at a wall doesn't do anything but leave your wall with shit on it. 